stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Suppose some months ago, found nearly two-thirds of Canadians, and that number seems low to me, uh, that said the government should prosecute and lay criminal charges against returning ISIS fighters instead of focusing on rehabilitating them. Uh, again, like I say, uh, this is something I think the overwhelming majority of Canadians support. If you've committed crimes in support of a terrorist organization, a genocidal terrorist organization like ISIS, then absolutely you should be held accountable for those crimes. Now, there may be individuals who have been radicalized, who have learned the error of their ways, who can uh, you know, find a better track in life. Sure, fine. But that doesn't get you absolved from responsibility for your crimes. There are challenges involved, obviously, in prosecuting Canadian citizens who have gone abroad to fight for the Islamic State. And there are probably some, there almost certainly are some, who have returned to Canada and have not been charged. Maybe they're being monitored to some extent by police or intelligence agencies, but for all intents and purposes, uh, they are free to live their lives. And that doesn't sit well with, I think, the vast majority of Canadians. Uh, The opposition conservatives are trying to uh, force the government into taking some action. A motion was presented yesterday calling on the government to come up with a plan. It was the exchange in question period yesterday between Andrew Scheer and Justin Trudeau. We've seen this in the past where they support a motion that conservatives have put forward and then they do absolutely nothing to take action afterwards. The Prime Minister has had years to deal with this issue and the fact is that these individuals who have gone and fought with ISIS are coming back and are not facing justice. He has introduced legislation that actually ties the hands of our security officials and shockingly he's reduced the penalties for those who are facing terrorist-related charges. When will the Prime Minister finally take real action to protect our communities from this? Very honorable Prime Minister. Mr. Speaker, once again, as all Canadians know, as everyone in this House knows, supporting terrorism is a crime, and traveling to support terrorism is a crime. That's why we have full confidence uh, in our police and intelligence services uh, to ensure that there are consequences for people committing these crimes uh, and that at the same time we do everything necessary to keep Canadians and our communities safe. Uh, That is uh, among the many reasons, those are among the many reasons why we will be supporting the Conservatives' Opposition Day motion. Okay, so the Liberals say they're going to support this motion. So what does the motion call for? What do we need to do? Well, joining us to talk more about it is the MP who tabled the motion in the House of Commons, Calgary's own Michelle Rempel, Member of Parliament for Calgary Nose Hill, opposition critic for citizenship and immigration issues. Michelle, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not often you see uh, the government say, sure, we're going to support this opposition motion. But what do you think was behind their response yesterday? Well, I think that uh, Canadians of all political stripe are concerned about the fact that they're seeing reports of people who have acted as terrorists for a group that has committed genocide. And the government's response to date has been, to put it politely, lackluster. I think a lot of Canadians are worried the government is not taking this seriously. I'm worried that they're not, which is why we uh, put forward this motion in the House. And uh, I, I... 
I hope that this is more than just about politics for them. I hope they understand that by voting for this motion, they're making a covenant with the Canadian people that they have to act. And that's what I intend to hold them to account for after the motion is hopefully passed this afternoon. Okay, so walk us through then what the motion calls for. So it calls for the government to present a plan to Parliament within 45 days outlining how they will bring people who have an affiliation with Canada uh, but have chosen to fight as ISIS terrorists to justice. And concurrently with the tabling of this motion, I presented sort of a list of things that the government should be doing at a minimum right now that we hope to see in that plan. Uh, And and also the, the ensuing debate talked about why this is important. The angle that I was presenting in my speech and debate in the House of Commons is that there, Canada has brought uh, victims of genocide. These are women of the Yazidi community who were held as sexual slaves. And we, we can't say that, you know, we can't, the Prime Minister can't purport to be a feminist or stand up for victims' rights uh, and, and then turn a blind eye to women whose bodies through rape have been used as a tool to war and not bring people who are complicit in that to justice. So mm-hmm. it's, it's really calling on the government to take action and, pres- and be transparent with Canadians about how they plan to close the gaps that are preventing these people from being brought to justice. It's interesting. You just recently gave a um, pretty moving uh, speech in the House of Commons about uh, Nadia Murad, uh, winner of the Nobel Peace Prize, of course, a survivor, a Yazidi survivor uh, of ISIS and their uh, genocidal tactics. Uh, the, the importance of not just honoring her, but honoring that cause and showing the world uh, that we mean business when it comes to bringing these people to justice. How does it all tie together in your view? Well, uh, you know, a very uncomfortable topic is that rape is probably one of the most potent tools of war. And uh, rape is used as a means of genocide. Uh, Rape is something that when it's done en masse, as it was to the Yazidi people, tens of thousands of women who are held as sexual slaves, it it has long-lasting impacts. Uh, both beyond the physical health concerns, but also uh, how it disrupts communities, lives, children of, that are born of rape, uh, the, the, the disruption to faith communities. Uh, rape as a tool of war is something that was recognized uh, as part of Nadia Murad's work. And the, what I was trying, the point I was trying to make in the House yesterday in my debate is we've had a lot of conversation around the world with the, the Me Too movement. And in fact, when she won the Nobel Peace Prize, there was a lot of stories that came out saying like, oh, well, this is because of the Me Too movement. And I said, that's just wrong because Nadia's people have, ha- haven't had any sort of justice. The, the processes that we have internationally to bring the perpetrators of genocide and rape is a, is a weapon of genocide to justice, they don't exist internationally. The international criminal court process is very slow, at best, charitably, to bring people to justice. And we clearly don't have processes domestically that are allowing us to bring people to justice either. And it's incumbent upon the prime minister to, especially like, people who are in Canada who have fought as an ISIS terrorist are complicit in this genocide. This is a quote of her. He has to address those processes to bring people to justice. We shouldn't be focusing on their feelings or their reintegration. If we are truly going to say never again in terms of genocide, then we have to take action and bring people to justice. 
Yeah, indeed. Uh, it, it is a challenge. I mean, so far, uh, we, we, what we've seen in Canada is that we've managed to, uh, I think, uh, charge and convict a couple of people who had attempted to leave to go fight with ISIS. And ironically enough, it seems easier to, to prosecute people who didn't actually go to fight with ISIS as opposed to those who did. Why is it so difficult? And, and how do we how do we change that? Well, going back to what I said earlier, I outlined a series of steps that I think the government should be taking immediately to address that problem. First of all, uh, there's something that we call the intelligence to evidentiary gap, and that is uh, our security agencies are aware of individuals that have um, gone and traveled abroad and of the activities that they're undertaking at the behest of terrorist organizations like ISIS. The question is, how do we translate that evidence or that intelligence into information that the courts can use. And that's something that the government really hasn't tackled in terms of uh, from a legislative perspective. In fact, they've done the opposite. They've uh, introduced legislation, specifically one bill, Bill C-59, that's currently in front of the Senate, that actually reduces our ability to do that. So to me, that's low-hanging fruit, number one. The second thing that the government should be doing is making use of a tool called a peace bond. And this is uh, a tool that a judge can use to place restrictions on the activity of somebody who uh, evidence shows it has clearly been suspected of, of this type of activity. It was recently used in Montreal. So we know that there's at least 60 people that the RCMP has, uh, has identified as having potentially uh, fought for ISIS as a terrorist that are currently in Canada. And I think that the government should be utilizing tools like this where appropriate more often. And of course, we need to ensure that our security agencies are properly resourced in order to monitor and surveil people. The last thing I would say, I think regardless of political stripe, most people in Canada understand that if somebody travels abroad uh, and commits a crime, they are subject to the laws, uh, either international laws or the laws of a foreign country. So I think what the government needs to also focus on is... Educating the government or the people of Canada through their action and, and, and their language that somebody who travels abroad to, to fight as a terrorist, uh, especially an organization that isn't perpetrated a genocide, uh, that, you know, the first instinct of the Canadian government isn't repatriation, it's justice. Mm-hmm. And you know, at the very least, the government needs to change its tone on that so that people understand that there's a very serious penalty waiting for them uh, if they choose to, to undertake these types of disgusting activities. Well, and we got a couple of test cases, of course, where there are two individuals that we know of who were in Kurdish custody who are Canadian citizens that the Kurds uh, arrested, one of whom seems to have uh, been somewhat notorious for uh, posting ISIS propaganda and threats on on social media. Whether these individuals are going to be returned to Canada, how that might unfold, whether that's going to involve charges, um, I I, I guess that's happening alongside now this this 45-day window regarding the motion. Uh, you're right. And, and I mean, you raise a point that I think is not made often enough in, in the case of, of, of these particular individuals. And that's that, uh, you know, 
this isn't about like a singular leader or or one bad guy that can be brought to justice at The Hague. ISIS is a non-state actor. It's a group of genocidal terrorists that operate around the world, not just in Iraq, but they've carried out, uh, you know, attacks in in the Western world as well. And the the, the points that Nadia Murad makes in in her books and in a lot of her speeches is that anyone who... furthers ISIS propaganda or has has taken up arms or has turned a blind eye to slave pens like these people are all equally complicit in the genocide of her people so when you look at that principle we have to look as legislators what gaps do we have in our legislation if anything or in our processes that prevent us from being bringing people who are complicit in genocide to justice the fact that you know what what really disappoints me is while I'm very proud of the fact that and and, and very excited that Nadia has won a peace prize, she doesn't have justice. I mean, there's been her her purpose, the people who committed crimes against her people or herself and her person haven't been brought to justice. So we can't pay lip service to that. It can't just be about a prize or an award. We have to support uh, the work that she's doing by changing our processes to bring people to justice first and foremost. And it's clear that change is needed both domestically here in Canada and in the international community. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I spoke last week with Kyle Matthews from the Montreal Institute for Genocide and and Human Rights Studies. And he made the point, and it's it's an important point, that, you know, decades and decades after the Second World War, Canada and other countries remained determined to find Nazi war criminals, prosecute them, and bring them to justice. That we had that determination when it came to those perpetrators of genocide, that we should have a similar determination when it comes to perpetrators of, of other genocides shouldn't we? Well, absolutely. Um, oftentimes, politicians will stand up and, you know, talk about never again, the concept of never again. Yet we have, there are instances of genocide that are occurring around the world right now. I mean, we're, we're talking about one of them, the Yazidi genocide, but the fact that uh, rape and sexual slavery is still being used against uh, the Yazidi people. Uh, this genocide is ongoing. And uh, the co-Nobel Prize, Peace Prize winner this year, Dr. Dennis Mukwebe, uh, his foundation talks about the fact that unless we are bringing perpetrators to justice swiftly, there's no deterrent to stop people from continuing to perpetuate a genocide. So, you know, Kyle Matthews' point is is spot on. I've talked to him many times. Mm-hmm. He's he's brilliant on this topic. It's if we're going to say never again, that's not enough. We actually have to back it up with action. And this means uh, ensuring that laws and processes exist to ensure that those who even think about doing these activities, right, are stopped and then brought to justice. Indeed. Well, an important issue. Much more at michellewemple.ca. Michelle, thanks so much for joining us here today. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.